You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind the Omni Group's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. Music. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In the studio today is Aaron Kwong, software test pilot. Say hello, Aaron. Hello, Aaron. So you are a software test pilot, which means that you, you test stuff all day. Well, what do you test? OmniPlan. All day, every day. OmniPlan is such an interesting one of our apps because the others are all somewhat potentially for everybody. And OmniPlan is, you know, very much for a specific need, you know, product management. Right. So that's cool, though. It's complex. It's deep. It's got a lot of features. What's it like to test such a deep app? It's really fun. There's... A lot of things to look at. You're right. Mm -hmm. A typical day, it depends. So if we have a brand new feature, that's great because you can look at what the feature is supposed to do, go down the easy, happy path to make Mm -hmm. sure that works, and then start testing the corner cases to try and break the feature. Creativity comes into play there, I'm sure. Yes. And then there's other things where there's, I mean, there's, you know, smaller bugs where it could be that something has regressed and we don't know about it. Mm. So hopefully we catch that uh, during one of our release checklists and make sure that it doesn't go out to customers. How large are those release checklists? <clears throat> um, and, and do you have different levels? Like here's one for a test flight build versus one for, you know, this is, we believe for sure, final. Yes. Uh, so I would say it's about... Uh, page and a half give or take Mm -hmm. and yes there are different stages where if it's just like a tiny point release you don't have to look at the whole slew of of items on the Mm -hmm. checklist but if it's a major release or a major point release then you want to try and be more detailed about uh, what you check and i also have a bunch of uh, sample documents that i use to make sure that certain things are consistent Mm -hmm. and they haven't broken during the process of developing sure right that makes sense our system is, I assume, not too different from most other places in that uh, we have a bug tracker. Engineers work on a bug and then put it into verify. Is right. that right? And then that's when you come in yes. for, as part of that system. Are you always driven by bugs in verify or are you sometimes do just doing exploratory testing for other reasons? Yes, there's a lot of exploratory testing. We also will go back and look at bug reports that are uh, needs repro. Mm-hmm. Those are basically reports sent in by customers that we can never reproduce within like you know the short amount of time that we have in support to triage these issues and file sure. them. And engineers are too busy you know working on the app, so that's where we can come in too mm-hmm. and spend more time trying to figure out from the clues that we have received from the customers uh, what the issue could be. Mm-hmm. And I imagine sometimes that's easy and sometimes that's head scratching. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Because environment, too, can, can matter. Um, you know, I've uh, once had an issue like that with an app of mine, and it turned out the problem was their uh, installation of Little Snitch, mm-hmm. which is a, like a kind of a firewall app or something. I'd never heard of it, but that was, I could never have reproduced that. Right. Know? It's like, you just never know what's, what's yeah. going to come up. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you start testing OmniPlan? I think that was in end of 2015, early 2016. Mm-hmm. Previously, I was in support and also a PM for OmniPlan. Okay. So, yeah, OmniPlan all day, every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, in, in those days, the PMs all work 
in support, so it was like half and half? Some were half support, half PM. Uh, some were half test, half PM. Mm-hmm. And right around the end of 2015 was when we decided to move to uh, full-time PMs. Okay. And at that point, different departments were also moving uh, people around as well. And support was doing kind of an internal internship into test. Mm-hmm. So we could pair up with a tester uh, for a few months and then see how, how we liked it and then move in a test if there were openings. So with that big change, I was able to go from support PM into test instead. Okay. And then Ainsley went from support into PM. Ainsley's doing a great job. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How was that a, as a switch? You go from talking to customers a lot mm-hmm. and you go from directing the show, kind of, mm-hmm. to um, just looking for what's broken. Yes. Um, uh, fun. I like yeah. it. I, I really like you know sitting down and trying to solve puzzles, problems, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I do also miss the PM aspect of being able to work with multiple departments, mm-hmm. which is how Mark and I created that Monte Carlo video. That was really fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Monte Carlo video. I'll make sure it's in the show notes. It's um, <laughs> it's showing off. Uh, it was a new feature in OmniPlan right. three, maybe three, yes. That it would do Monte Carlo simulations. So the video, of course, had to take place in Las Vegas. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a good video, and everybody should watch it. <laughs> Mark make, makes great videos, but this one is my favorite for sure. <laughs> Thank you. It's hilarious. So where were we? Uh, yeah, you're, you're enjoying the switch to testing OmniPlan. Yes. Yeah, uh, solving puzzles and stuff. As a tester, do you have direct contact with customers when you need to? For instance, when you're trying to uh, figure out uh, one of the needs repro bugs? Um, yes, we, we can use uh, RT if we'd like and reach out to customers from mm-hmm. previous crash reports. Or we can you know, talk to our, our PMs or the support team and ask them to follow up for more clues or information. So what are you working on this summer? Is it all about iOS 13? Yes, iOS 13 and dark mode, the Apple file browser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that good stuff. Yeah. Coming along, though, I think we're in test flight as we're recording this. Yes, we are. Yes. By the time this is published, we might be shipping. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're getting pretty close. Yeah, that's cool. And OmniPlan, I don't want to say it out loud, but it might be ahead as the other apps in this respect. So thanks to you. Maybe. With each new iOS 13 beta, things get fixed and then things get broken underneath us. So that's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When you're testing iOS 13 or iOS in general, are you more on an iPad than iPhone? I try to do Mm -hmm. 50-50 just because I know that some issues present on iPhone only or iPad only. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to a specific bug, we've had a OmniPlan crash that only happened on iPhone devices and not iPad. Mm. And then we fixed that four weeks ago and a new variation of it just came back yesterday. Uh, with the new beta? Yeah, yeah, I think. So that's been fixed again. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's good to keep an eye on both iPhone and iPad all the time. That's what our summers are like, though. Yes. Going through all the betas and <laughs> fixing things, fixing them again. Yep. Then undoing the fix is something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how'd you come to Ami? Um, was it a Craigslist ad? It was. Of course it was. Yes, it was. You're like the 20th person or something I've talked to <laughs> answered a Craigslist ad. That's cool. And this was back in 2006, uh, I want to say. 2006. Right. You've been here a long time. Craigslist ad, I assume it was for support at the time. You yes. went straight into support. 
And this was, which location was where we at it? Um, this was at the building in U Village, so the Blakely building. Okay. Did the ad say you're going to be working on OmniPlan? Did you know exactly what you're getting into? Uh, no, the ad was, if I remember, it was just for Mac technical support over email. Uh-huh. So I didn't know that I was going to be supporting OmniPlan until I got the job. And Liz, one of our previous testers, she ran me through a usability test on plan mm-hmm. just so I could get a feel for the app and see if I had any questions or feedback on how the app looked and felt. This must have been like OmniPlan 1.0 or very early. Yeah, back then we called them Sneaky Peaks. So OmniPlan 1.0, Sneaky Peak, All right. Alpha something or other. <laughs> I don't know whether to be glad or not that we don't still call them Sneaky Peaks. <laughs> like on one hand, I like the informality of that and the kind of fun. On the other hand, Sneaky Peak. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Guess we just call them test flights now. Right. Yeah, we, there is a name. Back to when you were a PM, I have to imagine that one of the main lessons you learn in that role is not just talking with people, because you're doing that a lot in support, but with triaging, setting priorities, all that kind of stuff. Right. Does that come into play as a tester as well? I think it does in that I know what the PMs are dealing with and looking for in terms of bugs and how they're written. Mm-hmm. And also knowing when to grab their attention on a bug that I think is more urgent mm. versus bugs that they are bugs, but they might be a lower priority. Sure. Because, you know, we don't have an infinite amount of time to fix all these things. So Right. Yeah, <laughs> nobody does. Right. But yeah, a barely noticed display glitch versus, well, it crashes right here. Exactly. Right. Crashes on launch. We yeah. should probably look at this sooner than later. <laughs> probably take care of that. Yeah. So what'd you do before Omni? Where'd you go to school? Let's see. I went to school at the Art Institute of Seattle. Okay. My major was... Uh, Is that the one down on Western? Used to be. Used to be. It's they're, all, okay. they're all closed now. Oh. <laughs> okay. So my degree's worth is uh, questionable. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I have fond memories of school. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I went to school at uh, AI, and during the time I was also working at uh, Apple Retail at the Linwood location, uh, Alderwood Mall. Are, are you from Linwood area? or just? Um, I'm from the South Everett area. I went to high school oh, there. Okay. I'd actually applied for Apple Retail at Bellevue. I believe they were one of the first stores to open in this region mm. back then. And I made it through the phone screen, the panel interviews and all that stuff, and just never got a call back after that, hmm. which is fine. Their loss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then Linwood opened up, I think maybe, I want to say about a year later or so, applied there and then got in. So, yeah, good times. What did you study at school? Uh, art, but specifically... Oh, uh, video and uh, film editing. Yeah, yeah, okay. I keep thinking of Avid whenever people talk about that, because we're talking some years ago. Um, that was one of the two options. <laughs> one of the two options. But you were on... Uh, What's the other one? Uh, there was uh, Final Cut Pro, which is Final what Cut I was Pro. on. Okay. Uh, there was Avid. And also Media 100 was a thing. Uh, Mark is nodding his head. Let the record reflect. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he, knows, <laughs> he knows all this stuff. Uh, two tracks of video and yeah, uh-huh. cut it for the news. Yeah, yeah. So what was filming video like in those days? Because today I would just use my iPhone. But, yeah, uh, cameras back then were larger, mm-hmm. <laughs> more yeah. expensive. When I was doing it, it was all... Mini DV cameras were the hot thing. Okay. Uh, so for a low entry price of $3,000, $4,000, you can get 
you know, a camera that sh- shot 24p film like video. Film is 24 and TV is 30. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And so with that, uh, a lot of people were trying to just shoot documentaries and short films. So it was a fun time. Yeah, I bet it was. I wish it would. Uh, nowadays, though, you can, yeah, like you said, shoot on a phone. Right. Or get a DJI, like Osmos gimbal for 300 bucks that is just Hollywood quality. Wow. That's, that's incredible. I love the democratization of film because it was always super expensive. Right. And like now, that's just changed so much. Yeah. Were you always Apple using kind of person, like a Mac user from when you were a kid? Uh, yeah. In middle school, I was a teacher's assistant for our computer lab. And there I did like maintenance stuff for like on the um, Apple LC3s doing RAM upgrades and stuff. Oh, cool. The LC3, that was one of the early Color Macs, right? Yeah. Maybe. And it was a, the pizza box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I worked on those. Uh, my first Mac at home was a Forma 6400, mm-hmm. which I upgraded. Tower? Yeah, Tower. Uh, upgraded with the uh, 64 megabytes of RAM so I could play StarCraft. <laughs> In those days, I think I was just playing Maelstrom. That was, that yeah, was I a, also played that too. Yeah, it was a great game. <laughs> yeah, loved I think it. I played it on a power computing Mac. <laughs> right. So that explains why you would look for jobs uh, at an Apple store because you were using Macs. Yes. All, all along. Yeah, and then in high school, I was also in visual communications as my elective for a few years mm-hmm. and shooting videos there and photos as well and editing on Macs too. So, oh, that's cool. So, Tim Eckle told me to ask you about being the credit card points guy. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, guilty. What's, <laughs> what's all this? So, I don't pay very much attention to um, stuff. Like that, I don't mm-hmm. know. My credit card, I think I get miles, and that's nice. Right. But so, what's it? What's this credit card points business, and and what do you get? The main goal is to get a bunch of sign up bonus points in order to travel for free. Okay. And you can look around on, uh, let's see, a good website would be thepointsguy.com. That's a good starter website. Okay. That website will show you current sign up bonuses from all the various credit cards, mm-hmm. and they're benefits. Okay. So uh, the simplest way this works is let's say you sign up for a, a brand new credit card and it has a sign up bonus of 60,000 miles. All right. But you have to hit a minimum spend of $1,000 in three months to get the bonus. Okay. So if you wanted to time that credit card with a large expense coming up in your life, you basically get a free trip out of that large expense. Mm. You buy a Nice iPad, and then you get to go somewhere. Exactly. Right. Okay. And I fell into it when I was paying for my wedding. Hmm. That's a lot of transactions there. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And thinking, you know, after this, the wedding expenses, how do you, you know, do the honeymoon in Mm -hmm. a nice way? So this is actually a a fun experiment to try. So I collected credit cards over time as I was paying for expenses for the wedding. Okay. And then at the end of it, I had enough points to, fly my wife and I first class to and from Japan Wow! for a honeymoon and then stayed at the same hotel in Tokyo that they shot Lost in Translation in. Oh, wow. I uh, stayed there for four nights for free. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the expenses out of pocket were just food and like subway transportation. <laughs> wow. Well, now I'm sold. I want to be a credit card <laughs> points guy. That sounds awesome. Um, so, but you have to get a lot of Different cards because it's all about the sign-up bonus, right? So um, that that can be daunting uh, mm-hmm. when you're first starting off. It was daunting for me too because sure. you're kind of worried that you might you know, ruin your credit or something. Yeah. But once you start to get into this hobby and you 
go online and research it too. It's not bad. As long as you're responsible with credit cards, sure. you should be in general. Right. In the community online, they have what's called a app-orama, where every quarter people pick out like two or three cards they want to sign up for and apply for them all on the same day. Mm-hmm. So that the hit to your credit score is minimal. You lose okay. a few points because of the inquiries. All right. But then they'll bounce back in four months mm. and you get the bonuses and keep the card for a year. And at the end of that, if there's an annual fee, you can choose to keep the card if you still like it, mm. or you can call them and ask them to reconsider the fee or just cancel the card and, and move on. So that's how that hobby game goes. Yeah. <laughs> and of course there's a whole community for it. I, yes. I never, I had no idea. <laughs> how many cards do you think you've canceled? Uh, I'd have to check my credit karma profile to see, but I think I've maybe gone through total of like 20 something, 30. Wow. I'm just impressed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it pays off though. So you've been to Japan. Where where else have you traveled based on, uh, uh, by using points, uh, Japan, um, Korea, see Scotland, England, Belgium, Austria, Monaco. Mm. I might be forgetting something. But yes, those countries and hoping hoping to add more every year yeah, if I can. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. You have like a, a routine, like we always go um, over spring break or something like that. During the, the holiday break uh, at Omni here, uh, oh, okay. my wife and I tend to go to uh, Europe mm. for a week or two. Uh, sure, um, because it's... Warm? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not terrible. It's doable. There was okay. one year we were in London and it was, I think Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, and it was like mid-50s and sunny. Mm, yeah. Kind of surprising. Yeah. yeah. So are you, are you a Northwest native? Grew up around here? No, I uh, grew up in Juneau, Alaska. Mm, okay. And your initials are AK. Yes. That's convenient. That is not the first time somebody's made that connection. <laughs> right. First time, though, on a podcast. <laughs> Growing up in Alaska, what was that like? I've never even been to Alaska. I mean, it's less warm. Less warm. Everything is further away. Mm-hmm. You can't really take a road trip to the next town in, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, right. Everything being shipped up to Alaska takes longer and there's a shipping surcharge on it like Hawaii. Mm, mm-hmm. Not sure if it's the same now with Amazon Prime being so popular everywhere, but that'd be nice. Mm. Were your parents in the computer industry in some way or? So, okay. My parents lived in Connecticut and they got married there and then flew all the way to Alaska to open up a Chinese restaurant. Oh, how'd that go? Great. It's been around at this point, I want to say, 30 some years. Um, And then uh, my half brothers, they took over the business. And then from there, it's now been sold to another company, but it still exists in Alaska. Oh, cool. So if you ever take a cruise up to Juneau, just look for a Canton house and Canton house. Yeah. Canton. Your family is Cantonese then? Yes. Okay. My father is from Hong Kong and my mother's Chinese, but she was born in uh, Vietnam. Okay. And then she came over here during the, the Vietnam War, basically. Mm. Nicer here. Mm-hmm. Not to diminish that experience, but <laughs> truly, yeah. yeah. I, I can 
absolutely understand wanting to move here. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. The restaurant is still there. That's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, if I ever get to Juno, well, I would like to take the Alaskan cruise, so maybe I will go to <laughs> Canton House. So um, when did you move here? Um, before high school, it sounds like. Yeah, I moved here when I was 10 or 11. I don't remember exactly, but around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I started middle school in Washington State. Okay. And that was interesting because when I started middle school here, I felt like I was retaking the same grade because everything we were learning here in sixth grade, I, I learned in fifth grade in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting lapse. <laughs> was it a, a bit of a shock? Uh, you mentioned, you know, the towns here, you can actually drive from one to the other. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Quite just, a change from Juno. Yeah. So much more convenient to just drive anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Also very interesting to not see snow during winter. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> is Juno pretty snowed in a lot of the winter or? It is. I'm trying to think of maybe it, it seemed like a lot more snow to me because at the time I was, you know, not very tall as a kid. <laughs> but I remember like it would snow and then we'd go out to play. It had to put on the snowsuit and everything. Mm. And as a kid, like the snow was higher than my head. Right. You could build tunnels and stuff. And uh, I remember doing that. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, there's a lot of snow, I would say. Yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Maybe I'll take that cruise during the summer. Yes. I've been meaning to take that cruise and just to go back and visit mm. my hometown, too. Uh, that's cool. You still have any family there? No, not anymore. Yeah. Most of my family now is either in California or Connecticut. So rewinding in our talk a little bit, I, I got things slightly out of order, but I wanted you to tell me about having iPods thrown at you. Oh, right. So <laughs> my time at Apple Retail, uh, I work at the Genius Bar, mm-hmm. and there was a person who came in with a, I'll never forget it because it was a U2 iPod. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. It had the famous uh, click of death that most mm. iPods had. But it was also... Uh, it was a spinning hard drive. Right. Still, yeah. Okay, so... And also had a bunch of dents on it as well. So mm. hard to tell what caused the click of death on that particular iPod. Some kind of hard living right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was, un- he was unhappy that we wouldn't cover it under warranty. And he told us, you know, the other like Sony store wouldn't, would never do this to us. And I was like, okay, that, sure. Um, Maybe that's true. Yeah. But I, I can't do anything here to help you. And as he was leaving, he uh, chucked it at us at the Genius Bar <laughs> and walked out. Break anything? Hit you in the head? No, no. Uh, everybody was shoot. ready. Yeah, they all ducked and moved <laughs> out of the way. Oh, wow. I wonder if Apple has any kind of metrics on things thrown in Apple retail stores. <laughs> I can see Tim Cook reading his monthly report. Mm, things being thrown. It's lower <laughs> this month. That's good. It's good for customer sat. <laughs> What do, you, what do you do about shoplifters at an Apple store? Crime doesn't pay, kids. Yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, why don't you go to Vegas? <laughs> some gambling. Do you actually go to Vegas much? I, I do. I would say on average, I go about three to four times a year. Oh, okay. For various reasons. Mainly because it's fun. Yes. Yeah, I love Vegas. Yeah. yeah. I'm lucky if I go once a year, but yeah, it, it's, it's a blast. I myself don't gamble much, not against it. I just more of a drinker, mm-hmm. but yeah. Same. Yeah. We should go together. Yeah, we should. <laughs> Where do you like to go? Do you have favorite, uh, favorite places? 
Um, not really. I've tried out most of the hotels on the strip at this point. Mm. And then going back to the whole credit card points thing, one other thing you can do is actually use certain credit cards to get higher status levels in hotels. Mm. And then the casino resorts will also match that. Cool. So you become like either mid or higher level, like players club status, uh, actually having have spent a dime in the casino. Wow. So <laughs> I think I have a new lifestyle ahead of me. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Got any cats or dogs, fish, birds? I do. I have uh, two cats. One is named Tuna. She's two years old. The other one is named Spunky. He's 15 or 16. Mm. And I have a Corgi named Buddy Cash. He is 12 years Buddy old. Buddy Cash. What, where does the name Buddy Cash come from? We were just going to name him Buddy when we picked him up. Mm-hmm. We picked him up uh, in Idaho. And on the drive back, he was very uh, anxious about the car ride. Mm-hmm. And we were skimming through all the radio stations. And uh, we stopped on a radio station that was playing a uh, Johnny Cash song. And he, that was the only station where he'd stopped howling. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Kind of weird. He likes the man in black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so from there, we're like, oh, let's, all right, let's call him Buddy Cash. And that stuck. The funny thing is my parents just adopted a new kitten. Mm-hmm. And they were asking me, like, what should we name the cat? I'm like, I don't know, mom, it's your cat. So you come up with a name. And she's like, a few days later, I'm like, so what'd you decide? And she says, oh, we named him Buddy Cat. <laughs> and I was like, you're joking. She's like, no, no, Buddy Cat. Buddy Cat. Yeah, that's great. So now when uh, Buddy Cash stay, stays over while we're on like, a trip or something, it's hard to discern who she's talking to. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. They're going to ignore her anyway because they're animals. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Buddy Cat. I have to confess, I Googled Buddy Cash earlier, mm-hmm. and there's a cover band of 80s and 90s music in the Philadelphia area or something like that. I yeah. Uh, Gil Wilson told me about that, too. Oh, okay. And I was yeah. like, not related. Not related. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, when I saw that, I'm like, that can't be. Yeah. <laughs> but you never know. Like, it could have been, you know, brother-in-law's in the band or something. <laughs> Who knows? So he's a corgi, which means he is not fast. Not fast and can't jump very high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that a deliberate thing? You, you prefer a, a dog you can catch? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's our first dog, and I see taking it easy. Yeah, yeah we yeah. didn't want something too big, mm-hmm. and they seem very smart and playful. So, and yeah. so cute. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good fit. Yeah. Also, he's he is a herding dog, so he spends a lot of his time just chasing the cats too around the house, and the cats don't care. Yeah, right. they just lay over instead of running away. <laughs> I can picture it. I like cats; <laughs> they have the right attitude. Yeah. Well, on that note, the attitude of cats. I'll say thanks, Aaron. Where can people find you on the web? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Quang Quang. How's that spelled? K-W-O-N-G. K-W-O-N-G. Kwong Kwong. Got it. Last name twice. Right. I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark Mark. Hello, Mark Mark. (laughs) And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. Music. Music.